0: Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about answering what's asked. As head of pediatrics for a major metropolitan hospital, Robert believed fiercely in being precise with his language. People have to know exactly what I mean, he said. And I have to say exactly what I mean. There's no margin for error here. But feedback from people in the hospital was clear. They couldn't stay focused on what Robert was saying because of his habit of answering simple questions with endless expositions. His boss put it to me this way, I dread asking him a question because half an hour later he's still talking and I don't have a clue what he's telling me. Robert read the feedback in his report and then debated the issue with me. Like Todd... The chief information officer in the tip called Being Concise, which you can find on our website, Robert felt that anything less than complete disclosure was not merely negligent but dangerous. Luckily, Robert loved to learn. He had a supercharged scientific mind and was especially interested when information was presented to him in models. I asked if I could draw him a picture. He leaned forward with interest. Halfway down the page on my pad, I drew a horizontal line that split the page in half. In the space above the line, I drew three circles. Below it, one. In the first circle above the line, I wrote Y slash N. In the second circle, E slash O. In the third, S, A. I glanced at him, and I could tell he was already trying to crack the code. I had him hooked. Then, in the lone circle below the line, I wrote the letter E. E. These four circles, I said, represent the only questions you'll ever hear in English. He cocked his head and raised his eyebrows. Above the line are the three types of closed-ended questions. Yes, no, either, or, and short answer. In school, we used to call those fill-in-the-blank. The The circle on the bottom represents all open-ended, or essay, questions. That's it. That's all there are. He was silent a moment. I felt he was trying to come up with other questions that might prove my model false. Finally, he nodded, okay. I want to talk about closed-ended questions, Robert, because I think that's where your feedback is targeted. You feel you have to tell people everything in your head because there's so much at stake if there's a misunderstanding, right? He agreed. But are you sure there's no misunderstanding if you're telling them information in a way that makes them stop listening? Realizing he'd possibly been contributing unintentionally to an outcome he didn't want, he said, People frequently ask me yes-no questions that can't be answered with a simple yes or no. Are you saying I should shorten my answers, even if that makes the answers incorrect? Not at all, I said. I'm saying you should answer questions in a way that will keep them listening. I'd like to teach you how to do that. But before I do, I want to give you an image of what I think happens when you over-answer a closed-ended question. First, picture a warehouse with thousands of little slots. "'Each slot is designed to accept one specific item and nothing else. "'When someone asks you a closed-ended question, a slot opens in their head, "'and just like that warehouse, only certain things fill their slot. "'If you start your answer with lots of qualifying data instead of what they're expecting, "'they think it doesn't fit, and guess what? The slot closes up. "'They stop listening, but you're still talking. "'This can't be good for anyone.' "'He smiled a little sheepishly. "'I've had that experience.' "'There's one nurse who always overstuffs my slot. "'I rarely listen to her all the way through.' "'Well, that's what people are saying happens when you answer their questions,' I said. "'You're jamming in all this stuff that doesn't fit, and they're not listening to you.' "'So what do you prescribe, doctor?' he asked cheerfully. "'There are four steps to do this effectively,' I said. "'He took the cap off his pen and prepared to write. "'Step one for answering a closed-ended question?' Answer what's asked. Say yes or no up front or fill in the blank. Before anything else, you should fill the listener's slot with whatever it is they're expecting. Do that first. He looked up before writing a word. Do you mean if they ask a yes-no question, I have to simply say yes or no and stop talking? Surely not. No, you don't have to say only yes or no, I said. That's actually step two, match length. That means however long they take to ask the question is about how long you get to answer it. Okay, he said, writing as he talked. Answer what's asked and match length. So what's three and four? Three is check for satisfaction. Ask them, did I answer your question? Or just look at them. A lot of the time you'll see them nod. But sometimes you'll see a new question form in their head. If they're not ready to move on, don't. Stick with them until their slot is filled and they're satisfied. Because if I don't, he said enthusiastically, they won't be listening. Exactly so, I said, which gets me to step four. Then add your stuff. Once their slot is filled and they're satisfied, then they're ready to hear all your qualifying data. So that's when you can tell them your shades of gray. So here's the quick recap, I said. Someone asks you, are you going to support Susan Smith for the fellowship? You hear that they're asking you a very short yes-no question. You say, yes i liked her a great deal she's my top candidate you see the person nod indicating that they're satisfied so you add this i still have two questions about her that aren't completely answered but i think i'll have my answers by the end of the week the person you're talking with might want to know what questions you have in your head in that case they'll ask and that'll be a whole new series of questions and answers "'But in this case you were short and succinct. "'You answered what was asked, and your listener is a satisfied customer, "'and you didn't over-answer their question.' "'Yes,' said Robert, "'because I was strangling myself trying to control the impulse to babble like I usually do.' "'More seriously,' he added, "'do you know what I imagine? "'I imagine that for years people have been coming up to me extending a little teacup, "'asking for a dainty little drink, and I've been drenching them with a fire hose. "'No wonder they're not listening.' I nodded and waited for him to go on. Well, now you've got my curiosity up. How do you advise I answer an essay question? That, I told him, was a completely different lesson, and it will be covered in a different tip. For now, when you hear a closed-ended question, practice using the four steps. One, answer what's asked. Two, match length. Three, check for satisfaction. Four, then add your stuff. Good luck. That's today's edition of the Look and Sound of Leadership. A complete archive of our executive coaching tips can be found on the Essential Communications website, essentialcom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's. Click on the Tips and Tools button. Thanks for listening.